get it? Text a message, I don't know the number. Flexing on these niggas, every bone and muscle. Steady taking shots, never hurting them. Even then, y'all don't worry nothing. And I'd like to give a shout out to my niggas with the game plan. And shout out to my niggas with escape plan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything I help. But here's where we'll start. First and foremost, congratulations to the Chicago Sky for winning the WNBA championship. They won on Sunday. Uh, they beat the Phoenix Mercury 3-1. to one. And shouts out to them. You know, it, there's something to be said when a quote-unquote underdog wins something. You know, and the, the it really gets you to question why were they underdogs? I understand their record may not have been the best, but if it wasn't for what a, a, a Debrika Hambry crazy half court shot last year, they could be two time defending champions. You see, I understand that you know again record record tells everything pretty much well not doesn't tell everything but record definitely has something to play so i'll say going into the wnba finals of course i thought or going into the wnba playoffs i was i was clearly wrong (laughs) i mean i had what i had the 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 connecticut sun and i had the the vegas aces winning it all or no, I had the Vegas Aces winning it all, but I had the Connecticut Sun going against the Vegas Aces. Of course, they were the number one and number two seed. And I kind of got baited into that. You know, I kind of got baited into the whether the number one seed, uh, Connecticut Sun, have John Quill Jones, who won the uh, women's MVP. And the Vegas Aces, you have Audra Wilson, you have Kelsey Plum, you have Liz Cambage, you have Chelsea Gray. Like they had a squad, they have a squad. But there's something there. There has to be something to be said. Even though the Chicago Sky was the sixth seed, and they even had to play, they played in the single elimination. They played round one single elimination, round two single elimination, and they were able to, you know, go to the semifinals and ultimately win. But when you look deeper, it's 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 more than just that. Again, they could. Debrika Hambry hit an incredible shot last year in the playoffs. Uh, that sent the Chicago Sky home. But if you look at the Chicago Sky, man, Kayla Cooper, a former wa- uh, was drafted by the Washington Mystics. Shout out to her. She won the Finals MVP. She had an incredible run in the playoffs in general. Candace Parker, we know about her. We'll talk about her in a second. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot will go down as one of the best point guards the WNBA has ever seen, especially with her court vision and everything. She was incredible. Diamond DeShield, she gave, even though she her minutes were kind of reduced in the playoffs, you know, she gave some big moments. Dana Evans, especially in game, what, three? She was incredible at the end, even though they did blow them out. She was incredible at the end. You know, let's talk about Candace Parker for a second. So as we know, she is a hometown girl as far as a woman. I apologize. She was from she's from Chicago, played for the Sparks her, her entire career until they, she went to Chicago and got them. First, this is Chicago's first WNBA championship. And there's something to be said, man, 
about perseverance. Uh, what I think it was 2018 or 2019, one of those, one of those two, where she was voted by her peers, uh, the most overrated player in the league. And she, uh, I mean, we've all seen the 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 Instagram post going around. She was also benched in in, in an elimination game when she was with the Sparks. It's like. It's it's tough, man. It's tough when a lot of people give up on you. It's tough when a lot of people doubt you. It's tough when a lot of people that usually were in your corner are not. And she just kept persevering. She kept working, like she said in in her uh, the post game at at the when they won. You know, just keep working. And she was incredible, even though you know she didn't have the biggest stat line in the playoffs. She wasn't. I mean. In the elimination game or the the winning game or the game that won them the championship, she had 16 points and 13 rebounds, five assists, uh, four steals, and and a lot of those steals were big steals. She hit – I mean, the Chicago Sky had to come back. I think they were down like 13 or 14 in in game four, and they roared roared all the way back. I think – they score like 26 points in the in the fourth quarter when Phoenix only scored 11. The Chicago Sky I'm not going to call it a dream season or or I'm not going to call, you know, uh, 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 they didn't luck into anything. They they were able to go, I mean, look. They went first round they had Dallas. Dallas was red hot. Dallas was came into the elimination game on fire. They beat Dallas. Then you go and you beat Sylvia Fowles. You go and beat uh, the 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 Minnesota Lynx and then when you go to the semifinals and you beat the number one overall seed in the Connecticut Sun, that has Jaquil Jones, that has Dewana Bonner, that has um, some of the ladies that, or a lot of the great ladies that they have. It's 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 something to be said about that, man. And when you ultimately beat the Phoenix Mercury that have, you know, Diana Taurasi, which just a couple days ago was voted the GOAT uh, of the WNBA when they have Skylar Diggins Smith, who who was playing incredible. Brittany Griner was on another level. Uh it, it, it's it's something to be said, man. So shouts out to the Chicago Sky for winning the WNBA championship. And I'm gonna say all their names because a lot of a lot of people's a lot of people, I mean, the support for the WNBA has grown exponentially since what the the birth of it. And you know, it, it a lot it, this was a the only thing that I didn't like or I don't like is kind of how it was covered as far as I mean, this is the WNBA finals. It's a marquee game. And it was at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday uh, when you know that a lot of people are going to be watching football or a lot of people are going to be watching whatever else is there to watch on Sunday. Um but I'm not I'm not taking away from the victory. I'm not taking away from the fans that the fan, I mean, it looked like a packed house. Uh, when I was watching it, man, it, it they, they were loud. They were jumping. Shouts out to Chance the Rapper. He's been a, a, a huge Chicago Sky fan since their inauguration, I think, in 2006. Um, but I'm going to say all their names. Shouts out to Kayla, Kayla Copper for winning the Finals MVP. Uh, shouts out to Candace Parker, Azura Stevens, um, Eleni Quigley, uh, 
who actually I think she she had a big game. She had twenty six points, and I think that's the lady that won the three point contest. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot. They're both married, actually. But Courtney Vandersloot had a big game: two ten points, fifteen assists. Diamond Shields, uh, Stephanie Dolson, who's also a uh, I guess you can say a Washington Mystics alum. Shouts out to her. Dana Evans. Uh, as to Nadufal, um, Alexis Brown, or Alexi Brown, I apologize. And Ruthie Herbert, Herbert. Shouts out to the Chicago Sky for winning the, the 2021 WNBA championship. And it really, again, it, it, it really gets me to think how far they could have went last year. They had, well, they didn't have Candace Parker, but they they had pretty much this team um, outside of a few people. And if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Dakara uh, Hamby shot, they they could, they, I don't know. I don't know. Because now I think about it, I don't know if they would have been able to beat the Seattle Storm last year, but I don't know. But congratulations to the Chicago Sky for winning this year's uh, WNBA championship. Definitely well deserved. Definitely well fought. Um, and shouts out to to Phoenix. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people are bagging on them right now because they declined to do uh, media after the win or after the loss. I'm sorry, but I mean, Diana Taurasi had had a had a great season. Brown and Turner had a great season. Brittany Griner, Skylar Diggins. Uh, Sophie Cunningham was good. So, you know, shouts out to them. I th- I do think the injury to Kia Nurse was big, but, hey, that's, that's sports. Um, So, yeah, shouts out to the Chicago Sky for winning the WNBA championship. Let's move forward. So, week six of the of the NFL is, is behind us now, and I'm going to do a breakdown of all the games. I do this every week. Uh, Wednesdays are – or no uh, – Saturdays are usually predictions. Wednesdays are usually breakdowns. So let's start with the game that surprised the hell out of me, and that was the the Dolphins beating the Jag or the, the Jaguars. I'm sorry, beating the Dolphins twenty three to twenty. You know, usually we want to harp on the quarterback, and usually we want to kill the quarterback. And Tua didn't have the greatest day, but Tua did have a you know he. I'm going to say that he was not the reason that the Dolphins lost this game. I know a lot I think it's popular at this point to bag on Tua especially with the, you know, the 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 rumors that they're trying they as in the Dolphins are trying to get Deshaun Watson. But this loss was not on Tua. Uh Dol- two of the Dolphins best defenders were out and even even this I mean this year the Dolphins have been bad defensively like they did they had just have not been good even with Xavier Howard and and their other other corner they they haven't been good and I I mean I predicted that the Dolphins were going to win but that's because the Jaguars are the the Jaguars are the worst team in the league like they're <laughs> that's just that's just I, don't don't let the record fool you <laughs> They 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 don't have a really good unit. I mean, they have Trevor Lawrence, but they don't really have a good unit. So, this loss that was in London, I believe, at like nine thirty in the morning, this loss is definitely on the defense of 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 the Dolphins and the coaching staff. Man, 
I mean, Urban Meyer, and and it's, it sucks to say, being an African American, and and Brian Flores is an African American as well. But he was out coached by Urban Meyer. This was probably this was Urban Meyer's best coached game, and it just was an all around loss. I mean, Tua played to the best of his ability. I know he had a bad turnover, uh, but. It, I, I don't blame this on him. I blame this on the defense and the coaching. It, it just – when you have two of the three things not going your way, it it's, it spells doom, especially – even even though the Jaguars are the Jaguars and they're not really good and, uh, you know, they have – they're probably the worst team in the league, That they're still in the NFL. And any given Sunday is, 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 is a saying for a reason. You can lose any given Sunday. Um, so shout out to the Jaguars for beating the Dolphins. Uh, the, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Washington football team 31 to 13. And let's 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 park here right quick. So as we talked about on Saturday, this was uh, they they honored or or retired Sean Taylor's number, uh, the 23. And I had a lot to say about it. I'm like, yo, why would you do that? going against Patrick Mahomes. And then, of course, all the 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 turmoil and the black cloud that's around the Washington football team right now. I thought that it would probably be better if they just hold off, but they didn't. They decided, hey, no, full guns blaze. Let's do it. And so Washington, here's, here's the thing that frustrates me about Washington, man. And this isn't just this year. It's it's been been this been this reason way for a minute. Washington, there are games where they have every right to win, and this is one of those games. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs came in not playing so well. Patrick Mahomes uh, had the most most intercept or on pace to throw the most interceptions he's ever thrown in his career this season. Um, it, it, the 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 Kansas City defense is one of the worst, if not the worst, defense or ranked defense in the league right now. There was everything was going Washington's way. Hell, Washington was they even they picked off Patrick Mahomes twice. Um, one of them was Tyreek Hill's fault, but they picked him off twice. Uh, they forced a turnover by McCole Harmon, I believe. Everything was going Washington's way. Until they got to the third quarter. And I don't know what it is. Washington usually does good in the first two quarters or usually has two quarters that they're really good at. But then the fourth quarter comes or the third quarter comes and it's it's just a wrap, man. And and then the Kansas City Chiefs start looking like themselves. So the, the my issue is that Washington just continues to they just they can't finish games. They can't finish games. They can't finish quarters. I don't. I mean, let me. Let's not. Let's not forget the hail mary that happened against the Saints at the end of the half. A hail mary that it. It just man. By the end of the game, Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs look like the Kansas City Chiefs. They look like the same Kansas City Chiefs that have been to two straight Super Bowls. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes started humming. He started getting Tyreek Hill involved. He started getting Travis Kelsey involved. It, it just, they, the third quarter really got them riled up. And after the third quarter, they started rolling. Now, I'm not, 
I'm I'm not disappointed at the fact that uh, the Washington football team lost. I expected them to lose. You're going up against a better quarterback. I, I'm not upset about that. What I'm upset about is the report that came after. So reports came out saying Cam Newton got vaccinated. In fact, it's not even reports. He said it himself. He got the vaccine. That was a big point of contention when he was with New, uh, New England. And a lot of people speculate that's one of the biggest reasons why he's not there anymore. And a lot of people were speculating, saying that's a lot. Of, that's a reason why a lot of teams weren't really going after him because he was unvaccinated and being a quarterback. And if you, you know, catch cold, you could bring. I don't know what could happen, but you could not be available. And Washington was one of those teams that they were saying he's probably not going to go to Washington because he's unvaccinated. And Ron Rivera, we know about the 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 health problems that he's had that can really be detrimental. Well. Cam Newton comes out and says he's vaccinated. And a report yesterday comes out and says Washington will not be bringing in Cam. This, I'm not upset at the fact that they're not bringing in Cam as much as I'm upset with the fact that Tyler Heine. I understand it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good story. I understand that Tyler Heineke is a good story, and I understand that you know. Bringing in someone like Cam Newton, you're going to have to change your entire offense. But it's like Tyler Heineke is not the answer, in my opinion. Tyler Heineke is not is not it. And then even when Ryan Fitzpatrick, if Ryan Fitzpatrick or when Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back, he is not the option. My 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 point is not the fact that you're they didn't bring Cam Newton. It's the fact that the goal for a team is to be the best that you can be. And it doesn't feel like Washington continues to try to put themselves in the best possible position. I don't I don't think I don't believe that. um, Actually, I don't know if Cam Newton was the quarterback on Sunday. They may have won because this was the best that the defense has ever played. As far as this year, this was the best this year that they have played. Again, they had three turnovers, I believe. Uh, they had a, a couple sacks. Like, this was the best defense that Washington has played all season. They just needed the offense to match. I mean, again, they were winning, I believe, at halftime. I think it was like 13-10 at halftime. And they got shut out the second half. I don't know. I mean, it just it just doesn't feel like Washington tries to put themselves in, excuse me, in the best position to win. And even if that's not, I think that's Cam Newton right now. And we'll see where it goes from there. But Tyler Heineke does not put you in the best position. Again, bro, just, what, two, three years ago, he was taking online classes, wasn't he? Or walking on a college campus. Not because he was a freshman or not because, like, he his, his age allotted him to be in college. It's because he didn't have an offer. So he was like, let me just go to college. So... Shouts out to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I guess coming out that game, man, it really just takes a game. I, now, I don't I, – I think it's an overreaction to say that the Kansas City Chiefs are back. They did look good in the second half, but a lot of the problems that plagued them in, you know, this entire season has plagued them in the first half of the game. Uh, their defense still isn't that good. I, I believe that if they played any if, – if, if we had a different quarterback as far as Washington – 
that the game may have gone differently, but Patrick Mahomes did his thing. He still had, like I said, the recklessness. With that, that second turnover, I believe, was horrible. When he like was was getting tackled down, he just threw the ball up in the air for grabs. I, you gotta, you, you can't do that. He knows that. I think he knows that. But you know, they they were able to win the game. So and and like I said before, winning masks all problems until you're not winning. So. Uh, Shouts out to the Kansas City Chiefs for beating Washington 31-13. The Rams beat the Giants 38-11. The Giants, again, the Giants aren't aren't good. Their entire team pretty much is injured uh, on the offensive side. But even Daniel Jones, again, Daniel Jones struggles with turnovers. And yet again, I think he had like three interceptions. And all of them, every single one of those interceptions were horrible horrible decisions i understand maybe one or two but you had three terrible like it looked like he was throwing the ball directly to the defense that's again i understand that you know uh sterling Shepard did come back but i understand darius slayton um is still banged up i understand kenny galladay uh uh Saquon barkley i get that but no and 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 i'm starting to think that they're probably going to give joe judge a pass uh, because of the injuries that's that New York is dealing with, and because we understand the limitations that Daniel Jones has, but Joe Judge ain't 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 really been doing good as well this year. I mean, he, I think he's trying to to what's his name? Um, Dan Orla, Orlowski said it on ESPN. Shouts out to him. He's trying to rule with like an iron fist, and it's not really. I don't think he's connecting, and it. it but I think because of the injuries and because they know how bad Daniel Jones can be, I think he's he's getting a pass for the season. He's getting a pass in general. But, yeah, man, the Rams did exactly what they were supposed to do. Uh, and, and they did it to perfection. So the Rams won 38-11. Um, the Colts beat the Texans 31-3. to uh, The Colts... I think that I know that the Texans caught the, the Colts at a bad time. Now, the Colts is an overall better team than the Texans, but how the Colts lost on Monday Night Football against the Ravens and, you know, they had a week to pretty much stew and fester on that, and they took everything they could out on on the, the Texans. And the Texans are still, you know, playing with a, a rookie quarterback, which isn't ready to play. And even if he was ready to play, they don't really have a good team in general. So, what happened was supposed to happen. So, shouts out to the Colts for beating the Texans. Uh, I, I'm starting to think that the Lions may go Owen, Owen, Owen. What seventeen? This was the game. This was the game that I predicted that the Lions were going to get their first win. Uh, I apologize to the Bengals. <laughs> The Bengals beat the Lions 34 to 11. I was, you know, it was I was betting against logic. I knew that the the Bengals had a better quarterback. They had a better offensive core. I mean, Joe Mixon, uh Higby, uh Jamar Chase. I I knew that. I knew that the Bengals were better coached coached i knew that the Bengals, even though it was tough to say i knew the Bengals had a better defense in the lines i knew the link the the the, the Bengals were pretty much better in every form than the lions except for probably their offensive line 
and I still picked the Lions. I said the Lions are at home. The Lions, they 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 keep being in games. They just can't finish. Uh, they 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 had every opportunity to beat the Ravens. Had every opportunity to beat the to beat the Packers. They just they had every opportunity to beat the Vikings. I believe they just they just can't finish games. And I was like, this will be the week. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Joe Burrow went crazy on them boys, and I'm starting to think that they may. I, now again, any given Sunday, they can they can still end up winning, and they probably still end up winning. I'm, I'm not going to predict that someone's going to go 0 and 17 because that's a lot of losing. But I don't know when they're going to get their first win because it's like, yes, they play hard, and even Dan Campbell, the head coach, came out and criticized Jared Goff for some of the plays and some of the mannerisms that he had. But it's just like, ah. Uh, I just, it's hard for me to see a win for the Lions. It's and shouts out to the Bengals for doing exactly what they were supposed to do. They destroyed the Lions like in every way, shape, or form. They beat them at every every facet of the game. They won. So shouts out to the Bengals. The Packers. The Packers beat the Bears twenty four to fourteen. The I still own you game that, you know, Aaron Rodgers scored the touchdown and he said he looked up and saw nothing but people flipping the bird at him or, you know, double bird. And then he's like, I still own you. That's probably one of the greatest. Oh man. That's probably one of the greatest celebrations ever, bro. How do you tell a, how do you tell a, a away team that, or how do you tell a home team that, you know, I still own you like that? Do you know how, how ruthless that is? <laughs> like, but all in all actuality, man, um, you know, the Packers are starting to, to to put it together. You know, they were away, divisional game. The Bears had a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields. Their defense was is still good. But the Packers are starting to put it together. They, they're not – what I'm starting to realize is they're not – I don't think these this Packers team is going to blow out really anybody unless they're, like they're garbage or something. But you have Aaron Rodgers. You have the great equalizer at this point. And when you have him, he's going to make the right plays. Uh, again, that the game one against the Saints was an anomaly, as we're starting to see. He said it, the team said it, but you know, until you really see it, you, you don't know. But game one was an anomaly because they're they're doing everything that they're supposed to do. They're doing everything right. Um, Devontae Adams is good. Lazard is playing well. Valdez Gantling is still in out or injured, so once he comes back, that's going to be big. I do think that they they would definitely benefit from a true number two ride receiver. I think because you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, it makes Lazard, it makes uh, Valdez Gantling, it makes some of the Robert Tanyan at the tight end position. It makes them. I kind of elevate their game, like he elevates their game, and I don't know if they would be as effective anywhere else with maybe a lesser quarterback. But the Packers are doing just enough, and they're doing what they have to do to win. Again, it was a good divisional divisional uh, showdown, and and they did what they had to do. Yes, granted, it was against a rookie quarterback, but, again, you play who's on your schedule, and they won. So, shouts out to the Packers. Probably the most surprising game of the week uh, of the weekend was the Ravens destroying the Chargers. 34 to 6. I said this was the most surprising game. One, I'd pick the Chargers to win. I it's it's hard for me even though that the Ravens did win on Monday Night Football. It's hard for me to what I was at the game. What I saw, 
I saw Carson Wentz shred, absolutely shred this Baltimore Ravens defense. Like, it was horrible. I mean, Carson Wentz looked like the Carson Wentz of old, even though they didn't win. Carson Wentz looked like the Carson Wentz before the injury with the Eagles. He had like 400 yards receiving or 400 yards passing. They were shredding that defense. And I thought, well, yes, you still have Lamar Jackson. He's humming right now. You're going up against a better quarterback and a better offense in the Chargers. I mean, Mike Williams has been, has been incredible this year. Austin Eckler has been great. Uh, Keenan Allen has been great. Uh, uh, Jarrett Cook has been great for this team. And, and then Joe Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert. And I, I just thought that it was either going to be a shootout or – the Ravens defense was just kind of, you know, they were just, it was just going to be one of those games where the Ravens defense couldn't, can't stop Justin Herbert and uh, they just lost. But boy, oh boy. You know, I'm, I'm really starting, you know, the thing that's surprising me about this Ravens team is, and this, I don't know if you guys remember, I, you know, I may try to find it, but. I said that Lamar Jackson was a dark horse for the MVP. Now, after I do the breakdown with all the games, I'm going to give my top five MVP list right now, or I'm going to give my top five MVP list so far in the league. But the reason why I said that Lamar Jackson could have been a dark horse MVP before the season started was because they're dealing with so much. I mean, they're running, they're pretty much running back by committee at this point. They had to bring on Devontae Freeman. They had to bring on Le'Veon Bell. They had to bring on Latavius Murray, who got hurt. So I hope he's, you know, he he'll be be okay. Their 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 rod receiver core was decimated. Outside of Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins was hurt. Rashad Bateman, who came back for the first time this week, caught a couple passes, so he looked good. Um, their defense, they lost their second best defender in Marcus Peters, and they were dealing with injury. They, it, I, I just felt if they were going to be good, it was going to have to be because of Lamar Jackson. And as we sit here week six, they destroyed the Chargers. And it felt like the the, the, the thing that I'm, I'm really getting impressed with the Ravens in general is they're adapting to their teams or they're adapting to their opponents. Let me say this. Well, let me say that. <laughs> they're adapting to their opponents. The, the Colts said, you know what? We are not going to let you run the ball. We do not care. We're going to commit to not making you or not letting you run the ball. So you're going to have to beat us throwing the ball. If you beat us throwing the ball, at the end of the game, we're just going to shake your hand and say, hey, it is what it is. You beat us the way that you want us to beat us. And what did the Ravens do? Lamar Jackson threw for 442 yards. A Ravens record, uh, a career high, first player in NFL history to throw over 400 yards while completing 85%, I believe. This game against the Chargers, the Chargers said, okay, we are going to try to contain. We, no, ain't no try. We are going to contain Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not going to beat us. Lamar Jackson, he can have some big plays, which he had a he had a touchdown to, to what's his name? We had a touchdown to Mark Andrews. Him and Mark Andrews probably have, like, the best connection in the league right now. Like, they are just clicking on all cylinders. But they said, we're not going to let Lamar Jackson himself beat us. He's He's been on a tear this entire year. He will not beat us. What did the Ravens do? Latavius Murray uh, had a had a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell had a touchdown. Hollywood Brown dropped dropped a touchdown, but Hollywood Brown has been good. 
it's just the Ravens are adapting to whatever they're getting thrown. Like whoever, whatever a team is making you, making them do, they're doing to perfection. As far as okay, we're not going to let you run. Lamar Jackson throws for four hundred yards. We're not going to uh, let Lamar Jackson beat us. You know, run back. Devontae Freeman had a touchdown, I believe. The Ravens are the Ravens are one of the best teams in the league right now, and that's surprising for me to say because of all the injuries that they that they dealt with, and. I think that on it was it was a bad day for the Chargers. It was a bad day for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert looked like he was just lost, and I think that was because this was just like just like Washington probably played the best defensive game they played uh, on 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 Sunday against the Chiefs. This was the best defensive game that the Ravens have played this entire year. They were Patrick Queen was humming. Um, Marlon Humphreys. I don't understand why. Uh, I don't understand why the Chargers kept going for fourth down in Ravens territory. Like, I don't understand why they kept doing or in their territory. I don't know why they like they kept doing it. I, I just didn't get it, and they kept failing. But hey, uh, they're you know they're four and two. The Ravens are now five and one. They're the best, or they have the number one. They're the number one team in the AFC right now, and the, the Ravens are just firing on all cylinders at this point. The defense, the defense carried them on Sunday, and it wasn't. I'm not saying carried them as far as Lamar Jackson was bad. Lamar Jackson had a, a very pedestrian game, and it's not. And that's not saying that he isn't capable of doing more. It's just he didn't have to do more. He did just enough. As far as any time that the team needed a big first down, he got it for them. Any time they needed him to, to he did have a bad or he had two picks. One of them was a bad pick, and he, you know, he just didn't see the linebacker in the middle when the wide receiver was coming over. Um, which of course he's he admitted to, uh, and and you know it is what it is. But every time that the Ravens needed a big play, they they got it from him, and. That's just a sign of a of a great player, man. So shouts out to the Ravens for beating the Chargers 34 to 6. The Vikings beat the Panthers 34 to 28. Um, you know, again, the the Vikings are one of those teams where they they're in almost every game they are. Like they could very well be what um 5 and 1, 6 and 0. Oh. They just maybe 5 and 1. It's just they haven't been able to finish games, and you know they finished the Panthers. The Panthers, they they're on a skid right now. Uh, J- Sam John didn't play bad, but he didn't have like a good game. You know, he didn't have the game where, of course, he, he looked bad in some areas. He looked good. Uh, I thought that he didn't look like the Sam John of old, but he you know he needed to be better. And and you know Chubba Herbert looked really good for the for the Panthers, but. You know the the Vikings and Kurt Cousins did what they had to do, uh, and it, it, it was pretty much a kicking game at the end, and the Vikings were able to pull through. So shout out to the Vikings. Another big game that happened was the Carolina or no Arizona Cardinals beating the Browns. Now this was a bigger game for the Browns than it was for the Cardinals because going in, you know, a lot of people, including myself, felt that the Browns had the pieces to at least make some noise in the playoffs, maybe even make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, they have on paper probably one of, if not the best team, if we look at just roster and on paper. And I said going in that this team, even though it's a great team, even though they have incredible pieces, I mean, you have Jarvis Landry, even though he's been hurt, but he should be coming back soon. You have Jarvis Landry, you have 
uh, Nanjoku, you have Odell Beckham Jr., you have Nick Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt, you have Jadavion Clowney, you have Miles Garrett, you have a lot of great pieces, Austin Hooper. I said this team is only going to go as far as Baker Mayfield takes them. And this was a big game because you're going up against the Cardinals, right? They were 5-0 and going in. Kyler Murray is on a tear. Uh, A.J. Green is on a tear. DeAndre Hopkins. James James Conner looks like he he's a he's still a top back in the league or he's still, you know, a, a number one back in this league. Um they they just uh, JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, they just uh, Buda Baker. They've been they've been humming. And you know, in order to to consider yourself a legit championship latent team, or a championship caliber team, you have to beat these teams. He already lost his. He, I mean, right? The, he already lost the first challenge going up against. Uh, he lost the first challenge going up against Patrick Mahomes. He lost the second challenge going up against Justin Herbert. These are pretty much what what people would consider contemporaries to Baker Mayfield. I mean, young, uh, you know, young quarterbacks, young great quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield and the Browns want to consider himself one of those people so you have to beat your peers so now you have Kyler Murray and boy (laughs) the Cardinals beat the living dog ish out of the Browns if it wasn't for um that Hail Mary that uh Baker threw to Peoples Jones before the half it would be a lot worse uh the Cardinals beat the Browns 37 to 14 and Baker is good don't get me wrong. Baker is a good quarterback. Baker is, you know, I don't know if he warrant being the number one overall quarterback, but Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. Again, the the problem is, and and what the Browns want to see is, can you beat the elite quarterbacks? I mean, they built a team around him. He has the best offensive line in the league. He has weapons. He has a defense. Can you can you go toe-to-toe with some of the younger quarterbacks, some of your contemporaries, and can you beat them? Can you beat the Justin Herberts? Can you beat the Patrick Mahomes? Can you beat the Kyler Murrays? Can you beat the Lamar Jacksons? Can you beat the Josh Allens? Can you beat some of those quarterbacks? And it's shown that he hasn't been able to. I mean, this team is too good to be 3-3. Three and three. I know it's early, but this team should not be three and three. This team should not with the with the with the moves that they made, with the players that they have, this team should not be three and three. Now you can say, well, what you know, Jarvis Landry's hurt. Odell Beckham Jr., that connection just isn't right. Uh Kareem Hunt got hurt. It looks like he'll be he'll miss a couple weeks with a calf, I believe. Uh Nick Chubb has got hurt with a calf. Yeah. A lot of that, but that's sports. That's that's football. Look again. Look at look at Lamar Jackson. We just talked about. Look at Lamar Jackson, bro. His entire his entire wide or running back core went out from J.K. Dobbins to Gus Edwards. They went. They had to go pick up running backs off the street, and they've been able to make it work. Hell, even his receiving core from Sammy Watkins to their their number one draft pick and or number one first round draft pick and Rashad Bateman has been out. Rashad Bateman played his first game on Sunday. 
and the Ravens are still five. Hell, their defense has been de- was has been decimated with injury. Their offensive line has been decimated with injury, and the Ravens are still five and one. Lamar Jackson has been able to overcome what he does and does not have. Josh Allen, his defense has been garbage for a minute now. This year they've been they're they're good, but they they've been you know, and he's been able to make it work. So. I think that the this is a big year for for Baker Mayfield and the Browns because the Brown I think the Browns are starting to I'm not gonna say lose patience but the patience isn't there because it's like you, we're giving you what it's it's on you now Baker. There's multiple multiple quarterbacks that have to deal with hell. Look at the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Look at everything that Russell Wilson has to go through as far as his running backs constantly out. Hell, Chris Carson is hurt right now. His defense being horrible. And year after year, they they make the playoffs. Look at what Derek Carr has to go through. His best receiver is a tight end. Now, don't get me wrong. Darren Waller is a really good tight end. He's one of the best tight end in the league. But his best receiver is a tight end. His best receiver is probably what? Um, Edwards? Maybe Willie Sneed. No, it's definitely not Willie Sneed. So, like, look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Now, yes, I understand you have T. Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd, you have Jamar Chase, but you have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and their defense is not good, and Joe Burrow is still, I mean, they're 4-2. So, the 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 excuses are starting to run out for for uh, again uh, this is only week set six of a seventeen week or a seventeen week NFL season so anything can happen in eleven weeks but you you hope that a number one overall draft pick in Baker Mayfield and you're you're putting him on arguably the best roster in the league, you're hoping that he can start beating some of his contemporaries. He can start beating the Justin Herberts. He can start beating the Kyler Murrays. He can start beating the the Patrick Mahomeses. He can start beating the Lamar Jacksons. And they play Lamar Jackson, what, in two, three weeks. So we'll see how that goes. So, you know, and, and, and for the Cardinals, man, Kyler Murray is... is they're humming, man. They're firing on all cylinders. And they just got Zach Hurts. So this offense that already had A.J. Green and, and DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner, now you have a Zach Hurts. And don't get me wrong, I know Zach Hurts hasn't had his best t- – or hasn't put best you know film on tape since the championship year for Philly, but that's because he was not happy with the organization. And, you know, the quarterback situation has wasn't really helping him or, or really suffice for him. So – you know, they got a stud in Zach Ertz. So this this offense is just going to go to another level, and that is scary, seeing as though they're already probably one of, if not the best offense in the league, and they're 6-0. and So shouts out to the Cardinals, man. Uh, the Raiders beat the Broncos 34-24. to Again, you don't really know what you're going to get from Car- Derek Carr. Derek Carr looked incredible. Uh, now he, I don't know if it was because of distraction with the John Gruden thing and everything that's going on with the with the Raiders, but 
previous week he looked horrible. Like he was overthrowing people. It, it was just bad. This week he looked great. Now the, the Broncos are kind of reeling a little bit. They're kind of you know leaking, leaking bad. They're, they they pretty much come down. Uh, I understand that they were three and zero, but again, all of their teams, all of the teams that they beat to be three and zero, I think have a combined like two wins right now. So uh, they're they're starting. Their offense is starting to really drag them down, uh, and it's not it's not really because I'm not I'm not it's it's not all on Teddy Bridgewater. They just don't really have a good offense, uh, and Jerry Judy being out is definitely definitely hurts them. But yeah, the Broncos are not the the Broncos are the Broncos that uh, were three and three and zero. Oh. It's just the team they, they're not really a good team. They're just they were just playing teams that are worse than them, and the Raiders. They came and, and they did what they had to do. Um, so shout out to the Raiders for beating them. Cowboys beat the beat the Patriots thirty five to twenty six, or no thirty five to twenty nine. I apologize. And you know you're starting to see one 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 thing one thing that you want to see out of a championship caliber team is can you win games that you're not supposed to win? And what do I mean by that? The Cowboys, for sure, played their worst game of the season. Now, I understand that they won and, wait, they lost the game against the Bucs. But they had every opportunity to beat the Bucs. They just, they just didn't. And they were going up against a better team. Yo, the Cowboys had ever, should have lost this game. Patrick, you know, uh, D- Dak Prescott throwing an interception in the end zone. Um, them going forward on first, you know, trying to trying to go it on fourth down trying to get the one yard didn't get it uh mike mccarthy's time management which we keep saying time and time again for some reason it just doesn't i i don't understand some of the decisions that he makes uh when it comes to timeouts and, and time management it just doesn't make sense everything that was supposed dak prescott not really having a good game everything went the Patriots way Mac Jones probably had the best game he's had in his career as far as his early career in the NFL even though he did have a pick six from Trayvon Diggs he was playing well he was playing well the defense was playing well the running game for the for the Patriots was playing good the Cowboys should have lost this game they they did not play good enough to win this game the the thing is though Dak Prescott made the made the 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 big plays when they needed. Um you know, he made the big play to, to he, a big first down for to CD Lamb. I mean, CD Lamb had the game-winning uh touchdown in overtime. You know, they everything everything like everything was going against the Cowboys. The Cowboys should have lost the game. It's just they won it. And these are the type of games that you usually the Cowboys will lose. Now, I'll say if the Cowboys are playing against Tom Brady, on the Patriots, they more for sure would have lost. Maybe even Cam Newton, they for sure would have lost. But I'm not putting that on Mac Jones. Don't hear me say that. But I think that if they played a better quarterback, like a more ready quarterback, they definitely would have lost. But you plan on who's your schedule. The Patriots, their quarterback is Mac Jones. And the Cowboys won. You know, Zeke Zeke ran well. Uh, again, CeeDee Lamb was incredible. I think he had two touchdowns, including the game-winning uh, touchdown and overtime. Amari Cooper just continues to be, uh, continues to just catch everything. Uh, Dalton Schultz was great. Derwin James, no, what's his name? Um, 
Dalton, Dalton, I forgot. Um, yeah, he, uh, Blake Jarwin. That's it. Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. They both were good. So, you know, and and the the commentary coming out of this game is, yo, Mike McCarthy is probably the worst part about this this Dallas team, and I and I I am starting to believe that wholeheartedly. It's like every single week, every time we talk about Mike McCarthy is. Bro, what are you doing clock management-wise? What are you doing with these timeouts? You're either too conservative with these timeouts or you're too aggressive with these timeouts. Why would you call the timeout if you're trying to kick, if you're about to kick a field goal? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you still have time to line up and everything. Why are you calling a timeout trying to ice your own kicker? It does, I don't get it, <laughs> especially when Greg Zerline has struggled from kicking this year. So, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. But, and, and I do think that... There could be a point, I don't know if it will happen, but there could be a point where in the season where, or even in the playoffs, could I, I, I don't, don't look. I think the race, the NFC East, like who's going to, that's over with. The Cowboys are coming out the NFC East. They will be the number one seed in the NFC East. And I don't think from the way that the Giants are playing, the Eagles are playing, and Washington's playing, I don't think that there will be another team coming out the NFC East. So let's not get that confused. Things can change, but I don't see an NFC East team outside of Dallas get hot. But I do think there could be a situation where Mike McCarthy could cost him a game with his poor time management, with his poor timeout uh, usage. You know, I I don't know what's going to happen, but he 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 I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And this this starting to become like a, a, a weekly thing. So. But hey, shouts out to the Cowboys for beating the the Patriots 35 to 29. And the Seahawks, no, I mean, yeah, the Seahawks lost to the Steelers 20 to 23. And exactly what I thought would happen would happen. Geno Smith was good until he wasn't. Geno Smith, I mean, there's a reason why I don't think he started for the last like six years or or five years or three years, something like that. Like He's not a starting caliber quarterback, and in the big, the biggest moment, you fumbled the ball. Like now, I understand that you're going against probably one of the best defenders in the, in the league, and T.J. Watt, and one of the best defenses, and the defense was humming. But come on, man, you got to hold on to the ball. You got to hold on to the ball. And again, I, I told you this is exactly this is this look. Geno Smith played good enough to win the game. It's just in the big moments, he may have missed a throw or two. I don't know what the hell DK Metcalf was doing. Hey, yo, DK Metcalf, I, I know you're probably not listening. This isn't a big platform. Don't come after me like you came after Shannon Sharp. But, or like, yeah, like you came after Shannon Sharp. Like, don't, uh, I ain't that big. And I, you know, but I don't understand what DK Metcalf was doing, why he didn't just go out of bounds and, and feel like you needed a field goal. I don't, I don't know why you're trying to play a hero with that situation. Doesn't make much sense, but this the the Seahawks would have won this game if 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 Russell Wilson was the quarterback. And I told you, look, this is what the Seahawks are going to look like with Geno Smith. Now I understand Russell Wilson was doing, you know, that a little bit too too much with the whole you know practicing and, and doing the fake hugs and stuff. I don't know what he was doing, but like, dude, just just chill out. I love Russell Wilson, but just just chill out. <laughs> 
But like I said, this is this is what this you're you're, you're going to start to realize. The Seahawks are incredibly dependent on Russell Wilson. I mean, you saw. I don't even think the only time I heard Tyler Lockett's name was when he was on the sideline, and and, and DK Metcalf was cool. He but like the team was pretty much neutralized. So or the 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 offensive weapons was pretty, the the best weapon was Alex Collin who got hurt. So. You know, uh, the Steelers. And, and don't get it confused, man. Big Ben did not really – the offense, they won despite the offense. The offense wasn't the greatest. Najee Harris played good, but I don't know how long you can keep having 35, 40 carry games and think that's sustainable. I mean, they're going to they're gonna run his youth to the ground. Um, Deontay Johnson was good, but they just kept force-feeding him. Uh, but again, Big Ben still doesn't look good. He's still, I mean, he's he, he's able to make maybe a pass or two, but they're not. He's not throwing the ball downfield. I don't think one player had an average. I think Shannon Sharp said it. He threw it to like seven players, and not one of them had a uh ratio. You know, not one of them had a ten point or ten yard ratio. So it's like. He's just doing the dink and dunks, dink and dunks. And if you would have played a better quarterback in Russell Wilson, they probably would have lost the game. But, you know, they didn't. And, and the Steelers are are incredibly defensive dependent. Like, if their defense plays bad, they're losing the game. There's I do not foresee a game where the offense can carry this team. Big Ben just doesn't have it anymore. Uh, so, But shouts out to the Steelers for beating the Seahawks. And Monday Night Football. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Tennessee Titans beat the Buffalo Bills 34-31. to uh, I was wrong about this game. I thought that the, the, the Bills were going to beat the Titans. I mean, the Titans' defense hasn't really been good, and they've been injured. I mean, somebody got injured. I think Jackson got injured on Monday night, and everyone is going to – is piling on about the controversial fourth down call. For people that didn't see – there was like maybe 20 seconds left or something or 10 seconds left. And the the Bills went for on fourth and one at like the two or three yard line and when they, they could have just kicked a field goal and took it in overtime. And a lot of people, you know, Josh, Josh Allen did a quarterback sneak, didn't get it. They lost the game. Uh, and a lot of people are saying, why didn't you just go for the field goal? First and foremost – the the Bills defense was having a horrible game. Like Derrick Henry was had what three touchdowns was he he broke out for like a seventy six yarder. They the, bro the the look the Bills defense was just getting shredded. Uh, AJ Brown was 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 huge. I know Julio Jones caught a big pass. There was nothing that the Browns or the Bills defense was doing to stop the Tennessee Titans. And on the other hand, the Tennessee Titans wasn't doing a good job of stopping the Bills either. Uh, yeah, you know, we look at the fourth down play, and of course that was a stop, but Cole Beasley was getting anything he wanted. Uh, Stephon Diggs was getting anything he wanted. It, it Nicks uh, was getting anything he wanted, even though they did find out that he broke his hand, so I know he, you know, hope he recovers. It was a good game. It was a good game. It was a shootout. Uh, Ryan Tannehill did just enough. Derrick Henry, and we'll talk about him in a second. Derrick Henry, you know, carried this team, and he's on pace to break Eric Dickerson's rushing record. So, you know, I'm not upset 
And if I were the Bills, I probably would have gone for it as well. I mean, there was nothing. That sh- there was no indication that said that even going into overtime, your defense could stop the the Tennessee Titans. Now, also on the flip side, I understand people saying, "Well, what if you would have won the coin toss?" The de- the Tennessee Titans defense was not only injured, and they were playing well, but they were they you know they were they were missing big mo- you know big they were missing there was. It felt like the Tennessee Titans, I mean, no, the Buffalo Bills were getting all the big plays. Uh, it was just, you know, Derrick Henry was just running up and down them, and, and A.J. Brown came in big, especially in the second half. So I would have went for it. If I were the Bills coach, I, I'm not upset. I would, Sean McDermott, I would have went for it as well. I mean, you have six five quarterback that is one of the best rushers in the, you know, one of the best physical rushers in the league in Josh Allen. I think he can get a yard. He just didn't. You lose the game. It is what it is. I would have done the same exact thing. So it is, you know, and this is just the Bills are four and two and the Titans are four and two, even though the Titans, their defense hasn't really been that good. Uh, they lost to the Jets <laughs> and Derrick Henry has pretty much been carrying them. You're still playing a four and two. Both of you guys are four and two. Both of you guys, you know, a lot of people have the Titans could be in a, a sleeper as far as making it to the a- NFC championship. So, uh, that, you know, that was Monday Night Football. Those are my week week one predi- or week six predictions. Not predictions. Week six breakdowns. And a, uh, a conversation out of this, and, and we'll move forward, is who is the MVP? Who is the MVP? Who is the MVP? And, you know, we're, we're six weeks in, or just finished six weeks, or pretty much seven weeks in, and I wanted to give my top five MVPs. Now, this was tough because the MVP has pretty much turned into a quarterback, a quarterback, uh, quarterback award. They, you, you know, you have quarterbacks throwing for 4,000, 5,000 yards, uh, 30, 40 touchdowns a game or a season. It's hard not to give it to a quarterback, and that's why usually the offensive player of the year usually goes to a running back or 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 a, a wide receiver. And and if the if I don't think that's fair, because there are some teams that are carried like the Tennessee Titans that are carried by you know Derrick Henry and and his rushing yards. There's some teams that their best player uh, could be a wide receiver. I don't know, and if. The the if the voting for the MVP was a little better than Derrick Henry would definitely be in consideration. I think Derrick Henry could be the MVP if they really gave it to a a running back or maybe DeAndre Hopkins has something to say about that or or Devontae Adams, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs. I think if they gave the MVP award to a, a wide receiver or a running back or if they were more open to give it to them, I would say that, you know, the MVP could go to them. But because it really doesn't, um, it, it's really a quarter a quarterback award, unfortunately, or that's what it's turned into. Here are my top five MVPs. Number five, I have Josh Allen. Again, the the, the Chiefs are four and two. Let's not even in their two losses, right? Their the first week, week loss against the Steelers and Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. Josh Allen has been incredible. Josh Allen made a hell of a, you know, he he played incredible. I mean, he threw for 300 and what, 53 yards, three touchdowns even though he did have, did have an interception. Josh Allen has been incredible. He's been they've been blowing out people and and that is because of Josh Allen. Um Josh Josh Allen is it goes back to the old Baker Mayfield thing. 
Josh Allen has exceeded expectations, especially, you know, only being coming from Wyoming. He he had incredible uh, he had some incredible uh accuracy issues coming into the league or no, like his first few years in the league. And now he's one of the best young quarterbacks, maybe the best young quarterback. Um and I have him at number five. I I have him at number five. Number four, I have Dak Prescott. I did not see this coming. I did not see the 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 Cowboys, even though they did do hard knocks, I did not see the Cowboys being a Super Bowl contender. I did not see, especially the, after the gruesome injury that we saw Dak Prescott sustain, I did not think that he was going to come back and be this good. I mean, this team and the Cowboys are is so dependent on Dak Prescott. I'm not saying, you know, Zeke's bad or, or Tony Pollard's bad, but this team is going to go as far as Dak Prescott will take them. And Dak Prescott has been incredible this entire year. I am not taking anything away. And it's hard for me to say this being a Washington fan, but I'm not taking anything away from what Dak Prescott has done. He has super exceeded my expectations. So I have Dak Prescott at four. At three, I had Tom Brady. Tom Brady's on pace. I mean, Tom Brady's having the best season of his career at like 44 or 45 or something like that. Like, he's on pace to be top three in touchdown passes. He's on pace to be top, uh, I think, top two in, in, in passing yards before the season ends. And Tom Brady's just been incredible. Like, Tom... And, and it's it's still mind blowing the fact that he is the age that he is, and he's having his best season of his career. That that is crazy. That's now I will say that it, ha, it does have something to be said that you know coming to the Bucks, this is the best unit he's ever played with. Not saying the best player because he did have Rod Gronkowski when he was younger, and he did have Randy Moss what two three years. But you know, playing, having Mike Evans, having Chris Godwin, having Leonard Fournette, having Antonio Brown, having Gronk still, uh, OJ Howard, you give the goat weapons, and he's going to use them. So I have Tom Brady at number three. I have Lamar Jackson number two. I have Lamar because again, it goes back to what I said when we talked when we did the the week six breakdown. Everything has gone, everything that should go against the Ravens has not gone against them. They, you know, their running back core was decimated. They have been still one of the best rushing teams in the league. Lamar Jackson's limitations have been he can't really throw the ball. In fact, I came in here, and, and that's, the crazy thing, that's the crazy thing about Lamar Jackson. He's improved week after week. Because remember, against the Raven, Raiders, the game one. Probably the only game where Lamar Jackson's played bad. I said Lamar Jackson still struggles with throwing the intermediate pass, throwing, you know, boom, boom. He, he's still not good at throwing the short passes. Well, he has completely changed that and completely improved that. And it's like now you Lamar Jackson can do it all. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He's accurate. I mean, a lot of the pass that he a lot of the pat you know touchdown passes that he doesn't make they're either dropped by somebody or you know it, it just didn't work out but Lamar Jackson has been incredible and the only reason why Lamar Jackson is number 2 is because I don't have anybody at this point over Kyler Murray that's why I have Kyler Murray number 1 the Cardinals are firing on all cylinders the Cardinals are playing great that offense is humming with DeAndre Hopkins with uh AJ Green now you're getting Zach Ertz 
Kyler Murray, I think the reason why a lot of people are um, kind of skeptical and kind of wait to see with Kyler Murray is because Kyler Murray started like this last year. Last year, he started all guns blazing, all you know, firing, and then he got hurt. You know, Kyler Murray is still incredibly small. He's still one of the, if not the smallest quarterback in the league. Uh, and, of course, he, deal, he does still take some of those big hits. And I think a lot of people are in that wait-and-see mode. Because, again, this is starting – now, he was better this year than last year, but last year he started incredible. He started all guns blazing. They were incredible. Then he got hurt. And once he got hurt, you know, came back, or when, you know, it, it just it was a steep decline. So I am going off what I've seen in six weeks, and I have Kyler Murray as my, as my MVP at this point. Until somebody beats them, until uh, he has a horrible game, and he's had a bad game. Don't get me wrong. He's had a bad game, but the bad game hasn't cost him. I think his worst game this year was against the Vikings, but it hasn't cost him. He still played, you know, it wasn't like horrible. It was just bad to his standards. Uh, and I haven't seen anybody knock them off. So I have Kyler Murray, number one, Lamar Jackson, number two, Tom Brady, number three, Dak Prescott, number four, and Josh Allen, number five. Um, again, if this, if, if, if the MVP was fair, if it was a fair award, like, you know, uh, quarterbacks didn't just get it, then I think that players like uh, Derrick Henry would always be in the mix and could be top of this list or it, definitely in this list. Maybe Devontae Adams, how much the Packers use him. Uh, I think he could be up DeAndre Hopkins, how reliable he's been for Kyler Murray. Um, hell, even the defense. T.J. Watt is the best player on the Steelers. And he is their driving force. He is their engine. T.J. Watt has been incredible. Uh, Aaron Donald still commands double and triple teams. So I think that if it was more fair and it wasn't just a quote-unquote quarterback award, then some of those players would definitely be on my list. But because this is the quarterback award and people like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Josh, they've been incredible. That's my list for the MVP. So, you know, again, this is only week seven at this point, and and you know, I'm I'm excited to see what what, what goes from there. So, let's move forward. Oh, and and honestly, honestly, this can all change. You know, there's still people there. There's players that you know, Lamar Jackson may be the MVP. We'll see what Patrick Mahomes does towards the end because you know he's ha he's struggled incredibly this year, but. There's, you know, he's still Patrick Mahomes. Let's see what Aaron Rodgers is doing. I mean, they're five and one at this point, so it can definitely change. But let's move forward. <clears throat> so the NBA is back. The NBA is back, and I saved my last divisional breakdown for the start of the season, and that is the Pacific Division. Not only do I think the Pacific Division is the best division in basketball, I think that they will probably have the most to say about the 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 structure of the 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 NBA Finals. The Pacific Division is the Phoenix Suns, LA Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, Golden State Warriors and and Sacramento Kings. Let's start with the Sacramento Kings. We got the Sacramento Kings is definitely the worst team in this division by far. Uh, yes, you have De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, hopefully Marvin Bagley can stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to do this entire career. Um, but they, they're, this, they're, no, this team, no, I don't, I don't see much happening with the Kings. The Kings aren't that good. The Kings aren't really. We don't really need to talk about them. Um, 
they have Davion Mitchell, and and that's big. He, you know, he can definitely make some noise, and, or he'll definitely be important, especially his defense. But this, they do have Tyler Halliburton, who was definitely a surprise last year as far as the rookies. I didn't think he was going to be that good, but he's been a lot better than I expected him to be. So, but the the Kings is by far the worst team in this division, and it's it's let's get, we got them out the way. Now let's go with some of these teams. Now let's go with these teams. Let's start with the Clippers. The Cl- or let's let's go with the Clippers. The Clippers is interesting because they're going into the season without their best player, which is Kawhi Leonard. And we don't know when or if we will see Kawhi Leonard this year. We say if because of course he could come back, you know, once he's fully healthy, I think towards March or before the playoffs. But as we've seen with Kawhi Leonard, he does not play if he's not 100% healthy. So, or if he doesn't feel 100% healthy. So we don't know if we're going to get Kawhi Leonard or if, and if we do get Kawhi Leonard, we don't know when we're going to. So let's speak on the Clippers without Kawhi. You have Paul George who had an incredible run last year in the playoffs, got the, got the uh, Clippers to the Western Conference Finals. Um, you still have Reggie Jackson who was good. You, Serge Ibaka, he's coming, but he, he was injured pretty much all of the playoffs. So he, he's getting back. Uh, they have Eric Bledsoe now, but I just think I don't think this team is good enough to really make any noise as far as they're they're it's a good team, but it's not. I don't think that they're they're not better than the Suns in my opinion. They're not better than than the Lakers. They're not better than a Dallas Mavericks. Well, they they probably are better than Dallas Mavericks. They're not really better than a. Utah. They're not better than Denver. They're not better than some of the some of the top teams because we don't know what to get, and it's really it's really a two man team on that one. It's really you know uh, Kawhi Leonard if he comes back and and Paul George, and I just don't know if that's if that's gonna get it done. Um, but I do think that defensively they'll be good and. Paul George, I think he's going to have a career year. He's going to need to have a career year, and I think that he has it in him. I mean, the last time it was quote-unquote a solo act is when he was in Indiana, and we saw the numbers and and some of the things that he was doing there. I just don't – even with Kawhi Leonard, not to mention when Kawhi Leonard gets back, how how healthy is he going to be or or how engaged if, you know, is he going to be. So I I don't – I think the Clippers is a wait-and-see team. I think that they could upset some people. I don't know if they'll upset some of the top teams, but they could upset some of the seeding. Uh, they could beat somebody in the playoffs. Who knows? I do think that a healthy Kawhi will make it interesting in the playoffs, but I don't know if, if they're good enough to beat the Lakers. I, I don't know. I don't think they are, but, hey, well, I don't know. Let's go with the Phoenix Suns. Shouts out to Mike Curry. I did uh, an episode or I was on the latest episode of Curry in the Pot. You can go check that out wherever you get your podcast. We talk, we had an NBA we had an NBA preview, uh, and we talked about the Phoenix Suns. <clears throat> and I and we came to the conclusion that they overachieved last year. Now I think a lot of people hear that and automatically, damn, Jay, you, you hating on the Suns? No, I'm not. Just because you overachieve doesn't isn't always a bad thing. You know, they got to the NBA Finals. Uh, they they were up two games to zero in the NBA Finals. They overachieved, but that that's not automatically a bad thing. 
But but let's be a thousand percent real about what we saw last year. They went up against a Lakers team that didn't have Anthony or Anthony Davis wasn't uh, healthy and he missed most of the series. And LeBron James wasn't 100 percent healthy. They went up against a different Nuggets team that didn't have their the only player outside of Michael Porter Jr. that can put the ball on the ground and go get their go get his own. And that is Jamal Murray. They went up against a uh, uh, L.A. Clippers team that didn't have their best player in Kawhi Leonard. And even still, Paul George was going crazy, and Terrence Mann was going crazy. So they, the first time they played a completely healthy team, and and they really even wasn't completely healthy because they didn't have Archie DiFrancenzo and Giannis Antetokounmpo hyperextended his knee just a series of four, so he wasn't one hundred percent. Excuse me. The first time they went up against a nearly nearly healthy team was the was the was the uh, Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals, and they lost. And the biggest story coming to this season for this team is the money that they've dealt out to some people, which is, you know, Cameron Payne, uh, uh, Chris Paul, um, Mikel Bridges, and the money that they haven't dealt out to some people, and that is to DeAndre Ayton. I kind of put DeAndre Ayton in the same category for the Denver or for the Phoenix Suns as I put Draymond Green in the Golden State Warriors. Now, yes, I think DeAndre Ayton, his game can travel a lot of places in the league. I do think that. And I don't know if Draymond Greens can really travel to a lot of places in the league, especially his importance to Golden State. But DeAndre Ayton was a big reason why and how the Phoenix Suns made it to the NBA Finals last year. I mean, when AD went down, he was incredible in the Lakers series. He outplayed Nikola Jokic in the Denver series. And, I mean, he had a big game-winning tip or game-winning alley-oop against the Clippers, and he was big for the Clippers. I mean, he was big against the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. So I don't – that's not the player that you don't – that you want to be skimpy on as far as, uh, you know – as far as not giving them a, a, a contract. And, it, you know, the contract negotiations have stopped. He's upset with the organization. And I, and rightfully so. He was, a, he was important. And I think that if the Suns want any, and I mean any type of resemblance of what happened last year, they're going to need to get it straight with DeAndre Ayton. And I'm not saying DeAndre Ayton is, the best, is their best player by any means. I mean, Chris Paul is better. Uh, De- uh, Devin Booker is better. And I understand why you pay players like Mikael Bridges because I think statistically he was like one of their most important and one of their most uh, consistent players. But they need to get this DeAndre Ayton thing because the last thing you want to do is have a disgruntled star or disgruntled player, especially a player of importance, going into a season. So... But I, I I think the Suns the Suns definitely I think will make the playoffs. I just don't think that they'll they'll be able to have the same success that they had um, last year because they they overachieved one and they ran into a lot of favorable situations. Some of the team's best and most 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 important players that they ran up against: Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray, uh, Anthony Davis. They were either out or injured. Actually, all of them were out. So. You know, but I do think the Suns will be good, and I think the Suns will will have something to say about you know what who makes it the playoffs, and and I do think that they will make the playoffs. So, um, that's the Suns. Then we have Golden State. Golden State is the most. This team can either go one of two ways. 
No, that's not true. This team is... Here's the reason why it's it's tough discussing or it's tough predicting the Golden State Warriors. Because we know how good they could be without Klay Thompson. Because we saw last year, we saw Klay Thompson play. Steph Curry went nuclear. He finished second in MVP. Uh, he finished with the scoring title. Steph Curry is is the great equalizer. Steph Curry is top five player in the league. Uh, Steph Curry is incredible. Steph Curry is probably the second best point guard ever. Steph Curry is just that dude. But this team is really banking on two things. It's banking on Klay Thompson coming back healthy and, you know, being away for two years pretty much with ACL injuries. That's going to be tough. They're not. Here's the thing. It's not the fact that they're not. They're not hoping that he, you know, they're not worried about his offense. Shooter's always going to shoot. Hell, you can look at Larry Bird right now to this day, and he can still shoot the ball. Not saying that he's NBA caliber but or league caliber today, but he can still shoot the ball. Shooters shoot. Reggie Miller can still shoot the ball. Klay Thompson's defense was so important for Golden State, and they don't know how he's going to be coming back. And I think that's going to be – that's going to be big for this team. This team is banking on Klay Thompson's defense coming back because Klay Thompson out, Klay Thompson and Draymond Green are pretty much their best defenders. Yeah, you have Andre Iguodala. He did come back, uh, but they're, they're, that's pretty much their best defenders. And they're hoping that they're getting the Klay Thompson of old. Uh, and they're also banking on James Wiseman. Now, James Wiseman, to me, if he blossoms into – what he is supposed or what he was projected coming out of Memphis, he could be one of the best young bigs in the league. It's just he needs to he needs to really define his offense. He needs to kind of get his defensive awareness better. And that's what Golden State's worried or Golden State's banking on. Golden State could either be I'll say this. Golden State's window can either be or or scale. They can either be a playing team like they did last year because Steph Curry's still going to Steph Curry. Jordan Poole looks like he can have a big year. Uh, you know, Draymond Green is still going to be Draymond Green. They got uh, Kaminga and they got Moody. So I think they're going to be important for them, especially Kaminga's energy and his his slashing ability and Moody shooting. They could be a playoff. I mean, they could. I think they'll make the playoffs or at least the plan. They can be a good playing team. Or. They can be a second to third overall seed in in the West if Klay Thompson comes back. Because I, I think reports saying he's coming back either a little bit before Christmas or a little bit after. Um, if if Klay Thompson is seventy five to eighty percent what he was, then they can be a second overall seed or a second. They can be a, a number two overall seed in the West. Say you know you still have Andrew Wiggins and he's vaccinated now, so he'll be playing. You still have, uh, like I said, they hope James Wiseman can can improve tremendously. Kevon Looney, like this team can be, a, uh, this team is good enough to actually, honestly, this team, because you, you still have Steph Curry. You still have, you still have the the best point guard in the league and, and one of the best scorers the league has ever seen. This team could make it to the finals. If not the Western Conference Finals, it's just what you know. What who is 
One, you don't want Clay Thompson to come back and put a lot on him, but you're going to need his defense. And we need to see, you know, how he moves and, and you know, how he fares after injury. So it's hard to predict what the Golden State Warriors is. So I'll put it in a, in a, in a range category. They can either be a playing team or an, or an eighth seed. Or they can be a second overall seed in the West. That's how good and and how much they could be. Like that's how good they can be to to how bad I guess they can be. So, and then you have the Golden or the the L.A. Lakers, probably the most interesting team. Uh, made the moves. You know, you got Melo, you got Russell Westbrook. Uh, uh, Rondo came back. You have Wayne Ellington, um, Malik Monk. Uh, they they picked up what's his name, Avery Bradley off waivers. This team can go one of two ways, man. This team can be really good or really bad. And when I say really bad, on paper, it doesn't look like any of these pieces fit, like, at all. You know, uh, Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hand. Uh, LeBron James needs the ball in his hand. Now, this is heaven for Anthony Davis. All you have to do is pick and roll, and you have LeBron, AD, I mean, LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Rondo, all throwing you lobs, like, heaven for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the only one that is just smiling from ear to ear. But again, this could be really bad. Like all these pieces don't fit when you look on paper. Melo needs the ball and he's a mid-range specialist in a league that pretty much champions three-pointers. Um LeBron isn't that isn't a three-point shooter like that. Russell Westbrook most definitely is not a three-point shooter. Anthony Davis is not a reliable three-point shooter. Ray John Ronald's not a reliable three-point shooter. Their only three-point shooters, honestly, is what? Wayne Ellington and and Malik Monk. And are they going to be in there for crunch time? This could be really bad or it could be really good. Again, you have one of the most explosive point guards to ever play in Russell Westbrook. You have arguably the best player ever in LeBron James. I don't know. I do think that at their best, this team will make it to the NBA Finals and could possibly and probably will possibly win it. Um, it is a smart, talented team. Uh, I, I don't think the IQ is going anywhere. So I, I don't know what the Lakers. I, I think we have to wait and see. I think that they're going to have a slow start because you're trying to figure out, okay, how do we integrate Russell Westbrook with LeBron James? How do we integrate Melo with LeBron James? How do we integrate, you know, how do we optimize the floor with Melo and Anthony Davis on the same floor? So I think that, um, you know, it's a wait and see type thing. And I think they'll, they'll struggle out the gate, but I think, and I think they're hoping that they're going to start humming towards the playoffs. Uh, I know that LeBron James's uh, usage rate is going to go down because of all the, and, and I think that's what they want until they get to the playoffs. You know, M- Russell Westbrook is going to pick a lot of the slack up. Uh, so is Melo. So is Anthony Davis. So once you get to the playoffs, I think they said that LeBron James only playing like 35 minutes a game, which isn't that much for a star like him. So um, I think that we just need to see. I think that we, you know, we can't really assess this team and how they are until you know, the second half and close to the playoffs. So that is, you know, that's the specific division. And with the league, with the league back, I'm going to give my predictions. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give my MVP, my defensive player of the year, my uh, rookie of the year, and, and, and some of the, my finals matchups. So I have the MVP. Uh, I think the MVP can go a lot of ways. I don't think Nicole Jokic will win again, even though I do think that he'll put up great numbers i just think that they didn't really respect a lot of people doesn't 
don't respect his uh, MVP, especially after they saw how he got bounced out against the Suns uh, and, and getting kind of outplayed by DeAndre Ayton. I think that the MVP is going to be between three people. I think it's going to be between Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry, the, the biggest reason why Steph Curry didn't win last year is because the team wasn't, like, the team was was fighting for a, a playing spot and ultimately didn't even make it in the play-ins. Um, and they didn't have a better record than the than the uh, Denver Nuggets or the, or the 76ers because I think that, you know, Joel Embiid was, like, third. But... I just I think that it really depends on where the, the, the Golden State Warriors fall for Steph Curry's fate as far as the MVP. But I'm going to give the MVP to Kevin Durant. I think that this whole thing swirling with Kyrie Irving, if Kyrie Irving doesn't play this season and Kevin Durant plays out of his mind, which I believe he will, and the 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 Brooklyn Nets are hovering around two to three or one and two seed in the East. I think that they're going to give it to Kevin Durant. I mean, we saw this man rupture his Achilles what two three years ago, and now he is he was voted the best player in the league, and he had an incredible even though it didn't result in a, in a championship, he had an incredible playoff run last year. Uh, I think that you know a healthy James Harden is definitely going to help too, but I think that the situation surrounding Kyrie is going to kind of bolster Kevin Durant's uh, MVP campaign, I guess you can say. And uh, I have Kevin Durant winning the MVP. Defensive player of the year, I have Anthony Davis. I think that Anthony Davis is prime for a defensive player of the year. I think there's so many times where he finished top three. I think this is going to be his year. I think this is going to have to be his year because the, 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 the Lakers aren't that good defensively, and I think that he's going to have to sh- especially – you know, in the interior with the White Howard and everything, he's gonna have to bolster. He's gonna have to clean up a lot of mistakes, especially from you know a Russell Westbrook or or a, a Mo, uh, uh, Wayne Ellington or something like that. He's gonna have to clean it up. So I think he's gonna be amongst one of the leaders in in blocks and probably one of the amongst leaders in, in defensive shares. So I have Anthony Davis winning the defensive player of the year, rookie of the year. I'm going with Jalen Green. I think that Cade Cunningham is probably the best rookie, uh, but I think that it's going to kind of be like last year. Uh, I think LaMelo Ball was great. Don't get me wrong. LaMelo Ball was a great player. LaMelo Ball was great for the Hornets. LaMelo Ball was showtime. But I think that he one one of the biggest reasons why he won the rookie of the year because we have so much attention on him and not that much attention to Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards deserved to be rookie of the year last year because LaMelo missed what? Uh, uh, damn near half the season well not damn near but he missed like most of the season due to a hand injury and even in that Anthony Edwards was hooping and I think you know when Melo came back the, the focus was back on Melo and he won it and shouts out to Melo but I think the same thing is going to happen this year I think Cade Cunningham is going to be the best rookie but you know the the, well, the Rockets and the, the, the Pistons aren't going to win that many games but I think that the Rockets are a little more showtime than uh, than the Pistons. You know, Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, uh, Christian Wood. I think that they're just going to – the Rockets are going to be a little more showtime and people are going to be a little more interested in what Jalen Green is going to do in Houston. So I have Jalen Green winning that. Uh, my finals matchup, I have the Nets and the Lakers. I think that, you know, you still have KD. And even even with a, uh, without Kyrie, I think that, you know – 
Kyrie didn't play against the the Bucks last year, and they forced Game Seven. And I believe if if KD kept playing how he was playing, and James Harden wasn't hobbled with a hamstring, I think that they would have won. You have a healthy James Harden now. You have a healthy KD. Uh, Patty Mills getting Patty Mills is huge. Getting Pat Paul Millsap was big. Lamarcus Aldridge coming back is cool. Uh, uh, Blake Griffin coming back is cool. I think that. I think that they still have enough to make it to the NBA Finals and the Lakers. Uh, right now, I'm going on paper. On paper, this looks like the best team in the in the West. Looks like the best team in the NBA. But I and I, I'm I do need to see how they fit as far as the Lakers. But right now, it's hard for me to bet against the Lakers. I mean, there will be teams. Golden State, I think, is going to have something to say about that. Denver is going to have something to say about that. Uh, Utah might have something to say about that. Phoenix. But right now, I'm going with the best team on paper, and that is the uh, the Atlanta Hawks. That is the um, L.A. Lakers. And the champions, I have the Lakers. I have the Lakers because this is where I think Kyrie is going to be felt. It's kind of it's, it's hard for me to see, you know, LeBron James. I mean, it's hard for me to see Kevin Durant, James Harden beating a LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, uh, Melo. Like, that team going against pretty much two players, I think that they can they can get, get you know, with two players, you can get to the finals. I don't know if you can win the finals. So, I have the, the Lakers winning it all. And and that's my prediction, man. I'm excited. This is you know I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan. Basketball is my first love, and the NBA season's back. Uh, we just got an exciting, exciting WNBA season that ended with the Chicago Sky winning the championship, and now you know we have NBA basketball this week. It started yes started last night, and. We have college starting in, what, a month or two or in a couple weeks. So I'm excited, man. I am pumped. This is October is a crazy month, man. You have football, the NFL. You have college football. You have NBA. You have college basketball. You have tennis like and, and baseball. You have the World Series coming up. So, it, man, I, October is probably the best sports month ever, and, and I, I'm excited. And I think that. This will probably be the best year for the NBA. You know, players that have been injured for a while, as in, you know, players that's been injured will will be coming back, and this is the 75th year for the the league. I think this is going to be one of the best years we've seen. Uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for basketball. I'm excited for sports. So, Uh, but lastly, before we go, Ed Orgeron, and the LSU Tigers have agreed to part ways at the end of the season. Um, I'm not really surprised. Now, I'm not going to talk about the off-field personal issues that, you know, going on with Ed, Ed Orgeron. I'm not, that's none of my business. I'm not talking about that. But I do think that, I mean, it didn't work out in Ode Miss. Um, and I think that you're we're really taking that season with Joe Burrow and Statistically, one of the greatest college football teams ever in LSU, and I think we're tacking. They're trying. They're they're trying. They tried to tack that on to Ed Orgeron, but without Joe Burrow, without Jamar Chase, without uh, that incredible team that one year, he's been an average to below average uh, coach, and I'm not really surprised. Uh, you can see it coming, and again, it's I said it before, bro. You can't be a coach and lose the locker room, especially in college. 
college is when you're supposed to have the most influence on these players. And when your coaching staff and the players don't want to hear you or, or not really listening to you anymore, that's when you know the writing is pretty much on the wall, in my opinion. Uh, and, and LSU, even though they did beat Florida on Saturday, they, this team is better. This team should – they expected this team to be better than their record. Um, I know they have a lot of injuries in the secondary on the defense and offense. But, again, you can't be a coach, especially in college, and lose the locker room and lose the voice or the ear of your coaching staff. That is – no, that's 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 what you cannot do. And I think that they were looking at Ed Orgeron and saying, "Well, you see the year that he had with Joe Burrow, and they got his national championship." But again, that to me just shows how good Joe Burrow and that team really was, and it really was in in spite of Ed Orgeron instead of because of. Um, and I'm not surprised. So, I, you know, I, I don't wish anyone to get fired, but you know, Ed Orgeron. He, it just, it wasn't working, and LSU's standard, especially in football, is a lot higher than what he was delivering. So I understand, I understand. But there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. It's getting cold outside, so if you want a popular podcast hoodie, sweater, long sleeve shirt. Uh, joggers the link is in the description below I have multiple different colors multiple different designs just click on your favorite design I'm sure I have it in your favorite color and press checkout and get your unpopular shirt or uh, unpopular merch today hey man it looks fire it and it's getting cold outside fall definitely slapped us in the face and get your hoodies man it's hoodie season so get you a hoodie also please subscribe to the YouTube channel I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers so anything will help I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. For your mans, you in the club like he ain't dead. Nike ski mask for the COVID, the only time you niggas wear. Damn. Niggas ran inside my crib, but the Glock 10 was by the bed. I give my gun to end it before I put it in your hand. I lost bro, I can't be happy till we creep up on the scope. I know niggas like they with it, but they bitches on the low. Why you niggas posting sun sun? Why you niggas posting truth? Why you act like you supporters if you do hop in that coupe? Grab a gun if you ain't with it. Put up money for a gun. Put up money for a hot cop. Put up money for a bunk. I don't see you on the regular, but I see you screaming fun. Uh, uh, but I see you screaming with no cap. I got killers that I love and they don't rap. With no cap. I got rappers that I love and they gon' splash. If I die, just don't laugh. Man, you niggas better slash. If you can't get the main nigga, then you better get his gas. I pop pills until I pass out. I'm about to crash out. Bitch, and boom him on your lab now. Now he can't laugh now. And my favorite gun is switch. You know that shit a kind now. I don't care about who you with, little nigga. Nobody can time out. Phone no slap the next day. This shit cannot die down. Prone from a different state. Act like they from the rack now. Oh, he got switches. Oh, he got bitches. He got bitches. You know that shit be for the gram. I keep my dish. I keep my dish. Now.